Revolting is produced by the Cycling Independent, the only cycling media completely free of commercial influence. We are community-supported and dedicated to the whole of cycling. As our tagline says, if you ride bikes, you're one of us. This is Revolting with steve and Robot on the Cycling Independent, episode 85, The Top 5 Ricks. Content warning. Blah, blah, blah. Offensive language. Blah, blah, blah. Mature ideas. Blah, blah, blah. Delicate sensibilities. Fuck off. <laughs> I added that part <laughs> of myself. Um, oh, good morning. I'm robot. used to you go sticking so closely to the script. So, <laughs> uh, today is, is a brave, it's a brave new world. It's America's birthday today. Uh, happy birthday, America. Uh, oh. it's the day where people eat hot dogs and, uh, blow their fingers off. <laughs> Yay. America. Uh, yeah, it's a good day to celebrate the freedoms we have left. Uh, Mm. I don't know. Probably not. Love America. Hate Americans. I don't know. I'm trying to come up with a slogan for this year. <laughs> uh, the I did a sticker a bunch of years ago that said, my America is better than your America. And that was sort of like uh, sort of a, just a real quick little commentary on the fact that it's the same fucking place. So like, you know, maybe let's get on the same page. And surprisingly, mm. uh, you know, a dollar fifty sticker didn't change the direction the country's going. I couldn't, I couldn't believe it. I mean, uh, you're you're being funny right now, and yet the amount of uh, dollars committed to bumper stickers uh, yearly has to run to nearly a billion, doesn't it? And so we are throwing a lot in. Like the medium is the message. I think mm. we. I think so. I mean, it's like I, I you know, we've I think we've talked about stickers as commerce. We're getting a little bit yeah. off topic. Uh, not just bumper Already. stickers, but but stickers in general. It's always been a form of commerce for me. You know, growing up, uh, patches also. You trade stickers. You collect stickers. You cover your bathroom mirror in stickers. Uh, you you they had used to have sticker tosses at skate competitions, and you'd be like, uh, you know, feverishly scrambling around on the ground with a bunch of other children to, you know, to get a free sticker with a shoe print on it that somebody threw off the top of a car. (laughs) I I love them. I think stickers are, I think stickers are super fun. Um, Uh, One of my favorite stickers is I heart my schnauzer. That's a good one. I like, I pretty much like all the, I heart my insert animal Mm -hmm. ones because I I both um I both like that that's how the person has chosen to express their identity. Like there's a whole big bumper back there that they could they could say anything. Yeah. No. Uh, and I what they said the, is I want to let the world know that I love my dog. Yeah. That's sweet. I, I love my labradoodle. I want um, I want to make stickers that say I love my apartheid mobile, but with a T is a Tesla T. And then just make it anonymously and start putting them on Teslas. But then I realized they uh, they have fucking cameras on them. 
Like, did you know that they they have cameras and you can you, so there's like this whole um, there's this whole trend of just randomly keying Teslas right now, and there's all this footage of people just like walking down the street, just like normal Joes and Jane Blows pulling out keys, just being like up the side, <laughs> like it's a wild uh, type of. Um, uh, uh, revolt, quiet revolt against Musk and uh, it, it just it's his shenanigans. And I, but it's like you know, it's somebody's car. I don't know. I just think putting a sticker on it that makes a little bit more sense to me than actually doing physical damage. Because maybe they'd see it and they'd be like, "What apartheid mobile? What does that mean?" And they do a little bit of digging and they realize, oh. That guy's a piece of shit. <laughs> I just, I know a dude who used to work at the factory and he worked mm. in the sort of the finishing department. Like there's the, the um, assembly line and then the cars would come out and then he and his other group of technicians would actually like do the final polish of the turd. And he said, those things fucking suck. Nothing is to spec. Everything is wrong and even i know a, a dude who does like custom floor mats like that's his gig and he's like there's no cust there's no specific floor mat size and dimension for teslas because there's no specific size or dimension for the floors they're all over <laughs> the map they suck i well i there. i would i would say that i'm hopeful about your apartheid mobile sticker changing the world but <laughs> I I have yet to figure out what's great about schnauzers. I mean, I happen. haven't like gone out and done a bunch of schnauzer research. I bet they're great. Schnauzers. Yeah. Yeah. Schnauzer is yeah. a great name. Schnauzers are great. Um, yeah. Uh, so we're doing we're kind of uh, well, let's I don't know. We're kind of mixing it up today. We didn't really have like we don't really have like a super format, but we were discussing something not related to schnauzers or bumper stickers. Uh, and we thought, you know, let's just kind of freeform this. Um, it's kind of a big day today, besides the fact that it's America's birthday or whatever. Uh, hot dog day. Hot dog eating contest day. Uh-oh. I just lost robot, no, I good. think. Oh, okay. Did you? No, I think we're good. I just can't see you. You, uh, your, your image is spotty like you I got uh, too ugly to remain visible you're you're the image that I'm seeing is it's like uh the Taliban videos where they're like in a cave and uh, it's all broken <laughs> up but the message is menacing yes <laughs> uh so we're um we're we're just kind of freestyling it um and it'll become clear as to what what the what the method to our madness is shortly um but, I doubt uh, it. But see. go on. <laughs> well, there's two things. Uh, Robot just got a massage. We were talking about the massage that he got, and that was a little stressful uh, because he had a fart the whole time. As soon as I yeah. said that, his image left the Skype meeting as well. Oh, no. Um, and then I had a massage day before yesterday, and I forgot that I had also booked a massage for myself yesterday. So I am... I am like a limp noodle right now. I've had two mega massages in two days and I'm feeling like a million bucks. Um, anyway, 
that's where we are mentally and physically currently. Uh, is it, but I think like, as we, we were talking on the phone this morning, I think what we agreed is that we're both, uh, we were both in an unexpected grief process. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, um, something like wanna, 96 hours mu- ago. Do you want to do what? music picks or do you want to just get right into the topic? Okay. Let's, let's do music picks real quick, but music picks will have a theme also. So, right. um, do you want to go first? Sure. Uh, it's uh, the first Drive Like Jehu album. Um, just, I guess, self-titled. Uh, uh, and it is... I don't, I don't even remember when it came out, but as, as soon as I heard it, it was, a, it was everything I wanted in music. Um, the aesthetic of the album cover was super unique. Uh, it was part graphic and duct tape, like an actual photo of duct tape and... Um, uh, this red and white sort of banner. And I just like, I didn't understand what I was. I didn't understand what I was seeing, but I knew immediately that what I was hearing was um, foundational and really kind of unlike anything I'd heard before. Uh, so yeah, I guess uh, self-titled one. I don't, I don't even know what it's called. We'll just say that. Yeah, self-titled. It's an amazing, amazing record, and it is new music. I was thinking about this this morning. You hear "Drive Like Jehu," and you're like, "What am I? What am I hearing? And why is it so good?" Because it doesn't relate to other things you've heard. Mm-hmm. And it's right? timeless. It's timeless. I, that record came out in 1992 or something, and I, I listened to it yesterday, and it could be something that just came out. Like it could yeah. be something that would fucking blow everybody's minds if it came out today or 28 years ago. I mean, it's completely it's, agree. It's in, it's insane. Like, I don't, there's so much, there's so much good music that's come out of San Diego, uh, you know, over the years. Uh, and there's a really good documentary, uh, you know, I'm like, like down constantly down the rabbit hole on music documentaries, but there's one called it's going to blow. They came out, I'm going to say 10 years ago, maybe. I don't know. My understanding of my understanding of uh, chronology or the timeline, just general timelines is wonky at best. Um, but they have interviews with people from Truman's Water and Three Mile Pilot and Rocket from the Crypt and Crash Worship. And uh, like, this is so much music and sort of they talk uh, about the um, like how San Diego was supposed to be the next Minneapolis or the next Seattle or the next this or that. And for whatever reason or a myriad of reasons, it didn't work out that way. But so much good stuff has come out of that city and it's it's just kind of bewildering to me. Yeah, I agree. And it's I I was in San Diego once for a day like I know nothing. I know close to nothing about san diego really like i have no feel for it my my sense of it was like oh it's a it's a like a military town and they've got a great zoo and then this music comes out and i'm like how what yeah in my mind it's sort of this southern california orlando it's like a disney kind of town but no not at all it has like uh, a substance to it that i didn't I didn't understand. I probably still don't understand, but I profited from it quite a bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, and what is, 
yeah, likewise. Um, oh, here's a here's the thing. I was I've mentioned a number of times. Anytime I go to San Diego, I talk about going to the Regal Beagle, and I'm gonna hang out with Jack and Larry and Janet and Chrissy and make all kinds of Three's Company references. And the last time I was there was last uh, fall. And I made a Three's Company reference, and my friend Angela, who is, I don't know how old she is, 30, young, yep. she goes, that was in Santa Monica. What? <laughs> and you, you and I both had this. <laughs> because you and I talked about this, because I thought it was in San Diego, too. <laughs> Why? Why? I've, I've, I've even gone back. I've fucking watched, like, I've watched the intro from, like, every season there's no reason. There's nothing about it uh, that's. It, it doesn't indicate they're at the zoo. They're at the Los Angeles Zoo. In my mind, I guess I thought like, oh, zoos in Southern California. There's a San Diego. I I had convinced myself for whenever that show started, forty years probably. I thought that it was in San Diego, and I've made references like. While I'm in San Diego, like we're driving around and I make fucking cracks about <laughs> Jack and Janet or whatever. And I guess people were just like, what the fuck is this guy talking about? Because someone finally had the 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 nerve, the balls, the reserve. To to correct me and in my mind, <laughs> I was like, no, there's no way there's no way. And you did the same fucking thing. I did the same thing, which is another uh, piece of evidence for that maybe we're the same person, um, <laughs> which I don't again, I don't want to think about because then we end up in a death match. But um, yeah, this like it's like you and me in the back of a cab in London asking the, the cab driver, like, where can we put another shrimp on the body? <laughs> <laughs> it's so, it's just uh, I mean, it, it's just, it's it's uh, it's further proof that 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 reality is uh, is the matrix. It just yeah. It and it's such a simple like such an innocuous silly dumb little thing but but it f- blew my fucking mind and I was convinced she was wrong. I think I think probably the first time I saw that show which was I don't know. I'm going to guess 1982. I'm going to guess. I don't know what Time is, but I'm going to guess it was 1982. In 1982, I didn't know Santa Monica was a place, but I was aware that San Diego was one. So I think I just was like, oh, yeah, beach, California, San Diego. <laughs> Done. Forever. No. I don't know. I hope that I hope that someone listening to this is like. It wasn't in San Diego. <laughs> Fuck me. Because <laughs> you know? it just it was that was such a that was such a heavy piece of news for me to hear. It's it's someone driving around London right now uh, trying to find some shrimp. And they're like, what? Three's company was in Santa Monica. Uh, OK, what do you what do you what do you have? So my pick this week is the Hot Snakes record audit in progress. Love it. Um, uh, another San Diego, San Diego, San Diegation. Um, Hot snake. Every hot snakes record is great. Uh, I think I'm partial to this one. I don't know why. Uh, hot snakes for me was like a. They're like a more approachable version of Drive Like Jehu. It seemed uh, like a not even like a kinder, gentler. It seemed like a wiser, uh, maybe a wiser Drive Like Jehu. Like Drive Like Jehu is a snotty, pissed off teenager, and this is and and Hot Snakes is like a a snouty pissed off adult. 
<laughs> that could be. That could be. I think uh, Hot Snakes is less obscure. You know, like lyrically, they're they're more comprehensible. Um, but that record, Audit in Progress, is good stem to stern. Mm-hmm. It's a, it was a nautical reference for you. <laughs> nice. Stem to stern. <laughs> I've seen them a bunch of times. Uh, I got to see them in Denver a few years ago, and it was funny. It was a really cool sort of uh, uh, series of events. But uh, I'm I'm watching, and the 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 original drummer, uh, the guy I can't remember his name off the top of my head, but he's the guy with the long uh, braids, uh, long brown hair. He's playing drums, and I go up front between songs to get a can of beer, and I come back, and Mario is playing drums, and I was like, what? what happened to the other guy i think his name's john and i was like did somebody have to catch a flight and so they got uh, like another <laughs> drummer and uh i got i hung out with mario later that i don't know a few months later in san diego actually and i said what was the deal with that that was something that was going to like haunt me forever like i'll never get the i'll never get the answer about this and he said oh well we just had an opportunity to go on tour together and he played his songs and and i played my songs like that's so fucking badass. <laughs> I love that. Uh, you know what? If if you and I were more on the ball, we would have had our buddy Mickey Vukovic on the show because Mickey could tell us real things about San Diego and about the topic of today. But instead, you and I are just gonna jibber jabber about it for an you know, hour. If we had Mickey on, he would keep trying to revert the conversation to bicycle related shit, and I just cannot have that. He is a dyed-in-the-wool yeah. bike nerd. That's f- that's fair enough. There's n- going to be no bike content today, everybody. I have a I have another funny uh, hot snakes kind of hot snake story. But uh, Gar Wood, who is the bass player, so he used to be in a band that I really really like called Tanner. And uh, Fanzine I did years ago. Uh, I got a hold of him on the phone and we had a conversation. I interviewed him. Um. And uh, and there's a tie-in between Gar and today's topic. What one of the subjects of today's topic? So this is it remind me, and I'll I'll get back to it. Um, but so we have a really nice chat, and he's a super cool guy. And he said, "Hey, we're actually playing in Petaluma uh, this weekend. I'll put you on the guest list." And, and I was living in Oakland in the t- at the time, and Petaluma's about I don't know 45 minutes north or so. And I was like, oh, I, I don't have a car. I don't have any way to get up there. I really appreciate it, though. And he's like, all right, well, you know, you're on the list if you make it. And and so we, you know, went our separate ways. And uh, a week or two later, this guy who I used to messenger with said, hey, I got to drive to Tempe uh, to get my car, my car regist- re-registered or something. You know, of course, you have to fucking drive to Arizona to get your car registered. I don't know what the deal with that was, but... So we drive to Tempe and I grab a, we're there and we're goofing around, uh, Tom Foolering, Tom Foolering all around. And I get a free weekly and I see that Tanner's playing in this bar, uh, in Tempe. So I call the bar and I'm like, Gar, it's, it's Steve. I can't, I'm in town. Like what, what are the chances? And he's like, oh, cool. I'll put you on the list. I'll see you tonight. And, um, and uh, so I go to the show, and it's this really cool venue that's like half inside and half outside, and the stage splits this this bar, so you can sit outside and listen to music, or sit inside, and you're like behind the drummer, or maybe it's like side, you can see the right side or the left side of the band from inside or outside. 
and uh, they get done and they pack up all their shit and um, and Gar comes out and I'm like, what's up? And we're like, you know, slap hands and we're chit chatting and we're sitting at this table having a drink and we're talking for like, I don't know, 20 minutes or a half an hour. And then all of a sudden he like, like shakes his head and his eyes get all big and you're like, oh, you're, you're the guy from Oakland? And I said, yeah, he's like, what? The, I had no fucking idea. <laughs> I had no idea who you were. What are you doing here? You can't make it 45 minutes north to Petaluma, but you're in a totally different fucking state. Um, and so every time, like every time I've seen them, uh, I, I saw the Night Marchers, uh, who he played with, which was another John Reese band. And uh, and we were like, oh, what's up? You know, like every we see each other like every four or five years. And it's like, oh, man, like hugs and Oh, it's so cool. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's really, it's really fun. He's like, what are you doing in Biloxi, Mississippi? <laughs> oh, man, I can't, I can't make it 45 minutes away. I can make it like 18 hours away, though. If that, yeah, if that works I'm for just you. out here looking for some Tennessee barbecue. What are you up to? <laughs> oh, man, Tanner was, that's another band from San Diego that was incredible. Yeah, there's so many. Um, So... Well, uh, yeah, uh, audit and process, uh, progress and let's get a fucking, yeah. and, uh, and drive by Jehu number one, let's get a word from our sponsor and we'll be right, right back. Right back. Hi, it's robot. By this point in the podcast, you're all in, you're going the distance. Not all your life choices are the best, but that's okay. None of us is perfect. Here's where I lay it on the line. We're going to entertain you for an hour. We'll do it again next week. In a month, we're going to give you four hours of belly laughs and deep, deep thoughts. All we need from you is a $3 a month subscription to the Cycling Independent. Three bucks, a cup of coffee, a really cheap beer. You've, you've got that money, and we, and we need it. If you've got more, there are 5 and $10 subscriptions, but we're not pushing. We're not pleading. That $3 would help plenty. And now, back to whatever inane nonsense we were talking about before. And we're back. back. Uh, so, today's episode is about Rick Froberg, who was the guitarist vocalist in Pitchfork, Drive Like Jehu, uh, one of the guitarist uh, vocalists in Hot Snakes. Uh, he was the guitarist vocalist in Obits wildly talented musically and uh, wildly talented artistically as well. Um, uh, he was, uh, he was arguably one of the best Ricks in, in our lives. Uh, we'll talk about some of the other really good Ricks uh, who are or were, but really today we're talking about Rick Froberg who passed away unexpectedly just a few days ago. Uh, he was singer of all of the aforementioned bands. Uh, if you're not familiar with his work, turn this off and go find what you've been missing. Uh, so when I, I think I, when I, I saw on uh, John Reese's Instagram account, like the morning, the morning that he died, um, he had yeah. a previously undiagnosed uh, heart condition and he died in his sleep. And um, I thought, man, what a loss, you know, but I was like, Hmm, just somebody I don't, it's just somebody I don't know. Somebody whose work I really loved, but it's somebody I don't know. And, and, and that's sad for his friends and his family and, 
and what a loss, uh, uh, you know, musically and, and artistically. And I woke up at three o'clock in the morning yesterday and I was just, uh, I think as I described it to you before we started recording, it was this low grade, inconsolable grief. And I just laid there in the dark by myself and cried. And it was, uh, it, it caught me really off guard. Cause I don't, I, just, I don't react that way. I, you know, like I, I cry for the loss of people that I, I, interact with and I said it when Grosso died like I was only really loosely acquainted with him and what made me so sad about that is that I didn't share the world with him anymore like I didn't I couldn't touch him you know it could be argued that their energy is still here and his legacy is still alive and and his friends and family loved ones you know but it's like damn it that I just it just there will be no more output. I, I don't know what it is. It's like, I, I really genuinely felt like I lost a piece of myself and it's never happened to me before. I've, I've had this happen. I had a, the same reaction. Now you and I did not um, connect right after it happened. In fact, we only talked just this morning. So like three days have passed, mm -hmm. but I was in sort of a similar place. And I think I, I didn't know the guy, you know, loved his work, obviously. But I think what what hits me so hard about it is. When you're when you're younger, famous people or influential people die, but they're like your parents, people, right? Oh, Lucille, Lucille mm -hmm. Ball died. Like, that's sad. But it's like, they're not our people. But there are a few that ha we've lost that I think like, but that was one of our guys. Like, that was one of our best guys. Come on. <laughs> you know, yeah. like for me, for me, uh, this will seem random as fuck. But uh, David Foster Wallace, the writer who killed himself. Um. That one hit me hard. There was a there's a, a soccer, a Welsh soccer player named Gary Speed who also killed himself um, and a couple others. But like and they didn't all they weren't all suicides. Uh, but Rick Froberg is one. Um, he's another one where I'm like, but ah, but come on. He was one of our best guys. Like we can't be losing our guys like that. Fuck. Yeah. Yeah, that's uh that's a interesting it's an interesting take. I mean, there's like I have Jesus in the last four four years, five years, um, I have lost a fucking lot a lot of friends. And I think at one point I think I had like there were like five people in my life who were like simultaneously diagnosed with some form of cancer or leukemia. And it was just like fuck. Me, I'm not old enough to be to, to have my, like my community uh, falling apart like this, you know, and and yeah. uh, and uh, and I guess I mean, I, I don't know, I, I guess we're of that age. I, I said at some point, I don't remember when my parents were my age, I don't remember their friends dying like like this like dropping like flies and you know granted like the my community is much bigger 
than theirs was. And the internet allows you access to far more uh, people than, you know, they had access to. And so like my circle of friends has um, expanded exponentially, but uh, yeah, there was just, it's just something about, I don't know. It's, I, I can't, it, it, nothing, nothing makes sense. And when I first heard, first heard about it, I was just like, I don't, fuck it. It's just another example of me not understanding how the universe works or why, and why the fuck is Ted Nugent still alive? <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. Um, I think it, it just, to, I have two thoughts. So the first one is not only were they our people, so to speak, but they were leaders of our people, right? So like Rick Froberg was inspirational to our people. Mm -hmm. um, just the way Gary Speed was inspirational to my people and, and David Foster Wallace was inspirational. They were leaders. They were people, they were originals that you looked at and you thought, I want to be more like that. Um, and so there's yeah. that, but there's also, because I didn't know any of them personally, and this is a thing I'm going through now because my dog has cancer and I've spent, you know, he's just wrapping up, uh, chemo and I've spent some time laying on the floor with him while he feels bad and it hits you hard because he's completely innocent, right? He's just a positive force in the universe, I guess, unless you're a rabbit. Um, <clears throat> and not knowing Rick Froberg or any of these other people, it's the same. Like, because I don't know them, I'm not familiar with their human failings. They are sort of like perfect people in my mind. Now, I know that's not true. None of us is perfect, right? Everyone has their shortcomings and some of them are more obvious than others, but when you don't know someone and at the same time, they're inspirational to you. I think there's this, like you confer innocence on them and it makes their, or a purity to what they are and what they do that makes, makes it sadder when you lose them. The, I, that, that is totally relatable. Um, I don't know. I think there was there was a there was a some there are a lot of aspects about him where that were totally um pers personally applied to myself. Like clearly you're making the kind of music if I could make music you're making the kind of music that I want to make. Uh as yeah. a visual artist he made the kind of art that I want to make. I was looking at a flyer that he did for a it was like uh I don't even remember what bands were on the bill but it was a drawing. It was a, a drawing of a, a train engine exploding and um, it's all done brushwork. Uh, and since I was in college, like I looked at his brushwork at, as sort of the benchmark for, for a perfect uh, example of that style of drawing and to convey movement and motion in a static image is really hard. Um, and it's something that I don't think I'm as as a visual artist, it's something I'm not proficient at at all. It doesn't keep me from constantly trying, but uh, it's something that I can't do. And he he did it beautifully. Um, so uh, wh wh where was I going with that? I, I, I internalized it because because he he is 
who I strive to be. Um, if I, if I could play music, if I, if I could make art that, that I loved, uh, he, he, he did it all. And, and the people that I know well, who knew him well, um, there really hasn't been a, a single, and I mentioned this yesterday, anytime anybody dies, you're like, everybody's, everybody says there's no ugly bride and there's no bad dead person. What is the adage? Something yep. like that. And, and yep. everybody always says the nicest things. Oh, he, oh man, he sure loved collecting tennis shoes or like, man, he loved his video games. Who fucking cares? You know, but you're trying to like pick these things out. The stuff that I've read about Rick in the wake of his death has been uh, so overwhelmingly sincere and oh, uh, died what a month and a half ago or two months ago. Uh, similarly, the stuff that everybody said about him was so pure and so wholesome and so sincere that I know what what brief exchanges I've had with these people. I know, or my relationship with the people who had intimate relationships with them, uh, it's absolutely on point. I don't yeah. think that I think he was exactly what he portrayed himself to be. And it was unapologetic and it was fierce and it was subtle. And it was, it was the, all these things that I identify with wholly. And that might be part of why I'm mourning like I am. I think, you know, I admire people. I think what I said to you on a recent episode that some of the artists I admire most aren't ones whose work I love as much as it is I admire that they are relentlessly creative. Yeah. He had that too in spades. Yeah. This is what I'm saying. So, you know, this is a guy who made difficult music when he was very young and difficult art and never a, a lot of times what happens is when you're young you're idealistic you make difficult things you know you're kind of swinging for the fence all the time and then you lose that as as the world says oh you should make things that are more palatable and more acceptable and more lucrative um and i admire so much people who because i think uh rick was probably just a few years older than us 55 yeah yeah um anyone who pushes on that same track their whole life and it's kind of like uh stays true to their creative vision i have tremendous respect for tremendous admiration because it's so easy to just make things that people will like for money when you have that kind of talent and mm. instead you say nope i'm gonna make this and get fucked if you don't like it <laughs> he makes it because he has to it's yeah. who he, it's who he is, and that is endlessly exciting to me, and something that you know I hope that I can even in my own creative output even retain a modicum of. Uh, I wanted to. Uh, there was a tribute that um, Scott McCloud wrote. Uh, our friend Mickey wrote a really beautiful piece on uh, on Instagram as well but this pe i don't know this thing that scott mcleod from uh he's the he was in soul side and and uh, girls against boys and uh he wrote something really beautiful that that uh, landed with me uh it says tribute to my friend rick froberg 
So saddened by this news, it does not compute. An extraordinarily talented musician and artist. I love his lyrics and the way he sang them with his heart on his sleeve and a dry, devious wit with style and natural charisma. I'll cherish all the times we got to hang out in Brooklyn or San Diego or Greece or playing together at Tocnik Castle in Chechnya. I always look forward to seeing him. He was an excellent conversationalist and we shared a lot about the experiences in our lives. He did so with humility and without pretension, always. I will miss him dearly, as we all will. Most heartfelt and sincere condolences to his family and friends, uh, so many of which we share in common, thinking of you all. And I just, you know, I, I, <laughs> I read that and I was like, oh, that's what I, that's what I would have written. <laughs> I would have written. I mean, I'm just, I'm like, I'm like all choked up. It's, it's, I don't, I don't know. There's so, there's so much, there's so much associated with this. It's so complex and it's bewildering to me that again, like this is not a person that I was personally involved with, but it it's hitting me in a way that is unexpected. And I'm, you know, I'm giving myself Same. grace and I'm just letting, I'm just letting this kind of roll. But Weird. Well, it's it, it's funny that you got in. We got in touch this morning, and I, I, I have been thinking about doing a show entirely about this guy since I heard that he died. And then I was like, "This is weird. It's weird to do this." And then when I said it to you, I was like, "Let's just do a show about Rick Froberg." And you were like, "Yep, let's do it. Can you go in fifteen minutes?" <laughs> <laughs> you know, so that sort of like I don't know. It's got the same effect. It ha- it's had the same effect on me I don't know what that is I think it's just I don't know there's a lot and it's on I mean I'm realizing as the days go by and I think about him and his friends and his family and stuff that his partner wrote about him which is on his own Instagram account which was really beautiful and kind of encouraging um, I realize that it's far more complex than, uh, than I can define, um, you know, certainly not in this, in this forum and not at this time <clears throat> because it's, uh, far more complicated. Um, and so I'm just, like I said, like, I'm just kind of letting it percolate and simmer and I'll probably, uh, cry again and be confused by the fact that I'm crying again, you know? But uh, whatever, uh, losses, losses, uh, unexpected loss uh, hits hits you hits a person on a lot of different levels, and um, and uh, I'm just trying to be okay with that. But the the meat of the besides talking about him and celebrating his existence and his creative output and everything he did for us, we also talked about like uh, what are some other who are some other great Ricks? <laughs> yeah, I was like, let's do a show called the Top Three Ricks, but I don't know who the other two were, two are. And you were like, oh, Rick Ocasek and Rick Springfield. Yeah, <laughs> I was like, oh, 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 okay, we do know who the top three are. And then you were like, what about Rick Sanchez? And I don't, I forget who else we had. Um, Rick McCrank, he's a real good one, the skateboarder. Um, oh yeah. Uh, Rick Ocasek. So here's the he played uh, left-handed. 
he played left-handed guitar, uh, Rick, Rick Ocasek from the Cars. And when I was talking with Gar, the first time we spoke on the phone, he said when he grew up, he used to play air guitar on a tennis racket and he started playing left-handed. And now he plays left-handed and he was really excited about that because Rick Ocasek also plays left-handed. <laughs> so there's <laughs> there's uh, come full circle today. Uh, uh, little known fact about Rick Ocasek, uh, he produced the Bad Brains record Rock for Light. Yeah, yeah, that's... That's uh, when I first found that out. I just like nothing. I really, I should have been at that point. I realized that nothing is ever going to make sense, and I don't know anything about anything. Yeah, uh, Adam. What was the other singer's name? The bass player for the Cars. He died. Um. At, yeah, Ben. Uh, oh, Ben Or Oren. Ben Ben Or. Ben Or. Uh, yeah. I don't think a more beautiful man has ever existed. Like you go back and you see old footage of them playing and he's, he's breathtaking. Well, Rick, well, the fun, maybe he just looked great standing next to Rick Ocasek nah, because while Rick Ocasek was one of the top five Ricks. <laughs> you, can't, you can't say that. You can't say that. he was a, he was a, a really trippy looking dude, but no, Benjamin Orr. Oh, beautiful. He looked like a young Christopher Walken. Uh, yeah, he had those like. He had those. I don't know. It's just his eyes. I'm, I'm gonna stop. Get all <laughs> you and your man crushes. So, and then there's Rick Springfield. Uh, Rick Springfield. Say what you want about Rick Springfield. Hate, hate on it. Be ironic about it. Whatever. Jesse's Girl is one of the best songs ever written. And if you mm -hmm. disagree, go fuck yourself. It's just great. It's great. That's my go-to at karaoke. I have, I have dropped uh, more than a couple pairs of panties doing that song. Uh, I bet at, at karaoke. Uh, he working class dog, and success hasn't spoiled me yet. Two albums I celebrate in my collection. Uh, he is. Oh, uh, if the the season that he was on Californication, did you ever watch that show? Did you ever get in that? No, I did not. David Duchovny is a celebrated novelist who's kind of like uh, lost his way, and he's followed his estranged ex to the West coast and his extremely precocious young daughter. So he's like fulfilling or maintaining an existence in both of their lives while trying to get his feet under him creatively again. And, you know, has like a ton of sex in the meantime. Uh, but there's a season where Rick Springfield is on and he plays, I think he plays himself and he, and he is a total asshole <laughs> and it's so Rich. Yeah, I love, actually, I love that series, but he's, Rick Springfield's great. He also has one of the largest uh, Star Wars figure collections in the world. Oh. Yeah. I did not know. Hundreds and hundreds of, like, Turkish bootlegs and, you know, misprints where the packaging, they forgot to print Star Wars on it. Or uh, R2-D2 shows up in, like, some other robot packaging or something. Yeah, he's really into it. Huh. So well, that makes him an even better Rick than I thought he was. Rick Ocasek, back to the other great Rick, uh, my friend Dave Strunk, Pentabike, Pentabike Dave, uh, used to go to Prague on a regular basis. And he would run into Rick Ocasek and his wife, Paulina Poroskova, and like hang out with him. And he said they couldn't have been nicer people. Hmm. And I trust Dave's take on human beings. So Plus two points on the Rick scale. Yeah, how can, I don't think... They're both 
uh, Rick Ocasek died when? I don't oh, know. At some point in time. Was Ten not, years? Oh. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. But, yeah, I think he, I mean, maybe <laughs> maybe he didn't die. I, mean, I was just, I think he died. Uh, <laughs> well, uh, and then uh, Rick McCrank, uh, pro skateboarder, Canadian. Fella. <laughs> Rick Ocasek died in 2019. That's oh, how okay. clueless I am. <laughs> well, pretty, pretty, it was pretty recently. Yeah. T- 2019 was a shit show for everybody, so we can't be expected to have maintained that information in our brains. Yep. But let me talk about Rick O'Crank real quick. I mean, Rick, Rick McCrank. Rick, Rick McCrank. He, yeah. w- he hosted two shows on Vice Television, one called Post Radical, which is really, really good, and one called Ab- Abandoned. Ab- Abandoned. Was that, what I was? was that what it was? I think it was called Abandoned. It was fucking great. I loved it. Yeah. Yeah, where they will, they go to, they go to St. Louis. Uh, uh, him and Frank Gerwer drove Route 66. Uh, I learned about sundown towns, which as an adult, I should know. I should have been taught about sundown towns in school, which I wasn't. Uh, AAA made a book of sundown towns in the 50s or something. It's like towns uh, in which black families traveling around America probably shouldn't stay at at night, which is fucking oh, gross. Right. That that is even a thing. It's gross that I didn't know it was a thing. Um they go to shy. He goes to shopping malls. It always involves skateboarding, but and it uh, oh fishing villages in Nova Scotia. Like it's really it, that was a that was a super cool series and post radical. I didn't understand the Israeli Palestinian conflict, and it wasn't for lack of trying. But it was only until I watched the series or the episode about Palestinian and and Israeli skateboarders that I got a kind of got a handle on it. And it was really interesting because the skateboarders in Palestine and the skateboarders in Israel were like, we don't give a fuck about the conflict. This is our parents' bullshit. Oh, we don't know. We don't want it. Yeah. Like the kids are going to be all right. You know? Uh, anyway, Rick McCrank. So Rick McCrank. Good skater, a, too. Good skater. And he always skates in jeans and a Oxford shirt, which is kind of yeah. cool. Like that's and he his skates, thing. He skates in all these abandoned places. Um, he skates gnarly shit. Yeah, he's real good. Uh, so he's uh, he's another he's another good Rick. Rick Nielsen from Cheap Trick. Cheap Trick is Cheap Trick great? Cheap Trick is great. Yeah, that's what I thought. But yeah, I sometimes my- I sometimes have these doubts. Like, is this Arena Rock? And is it great? I don't understand what it is, but I do I do love it. I think if you strip away what your what your notion of what it is or what it should be. Um, uh, I was playing, I just played a whole seven inch set at the cabin tavern, um, played seven inch records for like (laughs) fucking six and a half hours the other night started at six and I was still playing at midnight. (laughs) It was ridiculous. That's a lot of inches. It's a lot of inches and it's really hard to like, you put, you know, seven inch records play pretty fast. So you put the needle down and then you're like scrambling to what's next and putting that record on and you know, you got to take a pee and. So like, I was going to say I got I got a minute and 30 seconds to get to the bathroom and back before the song ends. Um, but I have a seven inch a cheap trick, seven inch that sub pop put out uh, a bunch of years ago. And I put that on and people just lost their fucking minds. Uh, I have a friend who's a he's like a. What's somebody who's really, really good at something? Prof- not Jedi. Prof- uh, he's, he's like a guitar Jedi. 
Okay. This guy's like a musician's musician. He he almost knows too much. He's almost too good. Yep. Uh, and he was like, why does everybody like Cheap Trick? Convince me. Tell Convince me why people like Cheap Trick. And I'm like, man, I don't know. You, you do or you don't. I think they are arguably one of the first great punk rock bands because they did everything by their measure on their call without ever making any exceptions and they made great pop songs but they didn't give a fuck and then they're and they're still awesome i did read one time too the singer robin zander said that they were the ones they were the first band to have uh black uh band shirts oh right right uh robin zander's another one of those uh beautiful men gorgeous still but He's like a, five foot three, right? Oh, I don't know. I, I, you know, I don't know. Okay, here's another. Uh, that circles back to another question that I asked Gar Wood. Uh, I asked him how tall he was. He's like, I don't know, normal height, like five nine or five ten or something. And I'm like, because I, I said, do you think that like short people, uh, men of a short stature, are attracted to rock and roll musicianship? Because Scott Ian from Anthrax, he was like two and a half feet tall. Right. Uh, James Hetfield is. I think he's normal height, but when I saw him, I was like, oh, no, you're like my height. I thought you were like 20 feet tall. You know, you see people in pictures and uh, and videos and stuff. You assume everybody's giant. They're all filmed from below, Uh right? So they look enormous. Yeah. I always think everybody's bigger than me. Well, I do, too. I grew up. I was the small kid. I was always the small kid. I, I eventually I was a late bloomer and I became average. Uh, but even my average is slightly below it. Like I'm five, nine. Um, but I was like always the smallest kid in the class coming up. And I, I have like, I, I don't think I have a Napoleon complex if that's a real thing, but I definitely have like the idea of myself as being small. Mm. I never got, I, uh, I was kind of envy the shorter kids cause they were always really gregarious and really, uh, like they were always better skateboarders. Like there mm. were not that many tall, good tall skateboarders. There are, you know, Lee Ralph rad. Jeff Phillips was rad. Uh, uh, Grosso was, I don't know, 5'10", 5'11". Tony but Hawk's all right at it. Tony Hawk's tall, uh, but he's a noodle. So yeah. I figured like, you know, he and Bob Burnquist is kind of the same way. But then there's like, yeah, there's some there's some there's some big, big people. But mostly they, e- they were all shorter. I think it's easier to coordinate yourself if the nerve impulses don't got to go so far. That's just science that I'm breaking. <laughs> That's why my legs never get tanned, too, is because they're farther away from the sun. <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, well, we got. Uh, so let's see. Rick. Any other Ricks? There's Rick probably. Sanchez. We. It, oh, from Rick, Rick Sanchez Morty. is great. He's pretty funny there. It's a love or hate situation for that show. Either you love it or you hate it. I think it's I think it's. I didn't even know what I just saw the sticker on people's cars. I didn't know what, what Rick and Morty was. And I was at my friend Pete's house and I heard the theme song upstairs. And I thought it was Dr. Who, like I didn't even know what it was. And I went up. It kind of is. His daughter was sitting up there. 14 year old daughter was sitting up there. And I said, can I watch, what are you watching? She said, Rick and Morty. It's really funny. And I sat and I was within minutes. I was, absolutely enamored and then pete came up and he's like 
oh, you you shouldn't be watching this. This is totally not appropriate. And then he asked me, should I let my 14-year-old daughter watch this? And I said, I think it's going to make her a more well-rounded human being. <laughs> uh, so I would go and we'd have like Rick and Morty nights at, at the LeCompte residence. Uh, I think it's a brilliant show. Uh, and there's real science in it. Uh, I think it's a brilliant show. I think Rick Sanchez... Uh, is an amazing creation. He's not a real person, but I don't know. I think he is kind of a real person. <laughs> he'd, be, honorable. He, he'd be our sixth Rick in a, <clears throat> in a show called the top five Ricks, which I feel like is right on for us. That's appropriate that he's not because he doesn't actually exist. There's probably some others. Uh, oh shit. Radical Rick. Oh yes. Radical Rick. Radical Rick probably comes in even like above anybody, you know, again, cartoon character doesn't actually exist, but he, man, he's cool well, as hell. You've named a seventh Rick when I was just about to say top six Ricks would have been a better <laughs> title for the show, but you've top even six. fucked that up for me. <laughs> top six Ricks plus one. Yeah. Uh, do you feel any better? Do you, do, do we feel any better? I feel a little cathartic. Yeah, I'm happy to. You know what? If anyone listening is not familiar with Rick Froberg's uh, art and or, and or music, and this makes them go, oh, what do hot snakes sound like? What does Drive Like Jehu sound like? Then I feel good because we've given those people a gift. And if you are familiar but haven't listened in a long time, we've also given you a gift. So... You're welcome. We did it. Oh, uh, uh, would you rather? Yeah, let's. Okay, let me open my book. Turn to the page of would you rathers. Uh, I'm going to skip over the next one after last week's. It's not gross. It's just not quite as good. Um, and that's not to say that this one is good. This will just we'll just jump around. I feel we'll like find the, out. The but, uh, taste buds in your butthole one probably like didn't work so well for some people. So this is just a shift. Uh, would you rather be able to understand every language, but be, be but be unable to speak, or live the rest of your life with sticky, dirty, and chapped hands? Like when you cut wood, you know how your hands, you get sap on them and they oh, get yeah, 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 a little yeah. cut up and they're dry and dirty. I, I think I have a thing where I hate when my hands are like, I don't like having sticky shit on my hands. Or you're on a long ride and you've been like squirting uh, sugar water and goose and stuff. And like your hands yeah. are, oh, I fucking hate that feeling. Maybe some sand gets uh, embedded uh -huh. in that. Yeah. Yeah, so uh, you understand every language, but you can't speak. Uh, you can't, and I'll, I'll go a little bit further. You can't, maybe you can't even communicate. You understand. So you couldn't, you couldn't write. No. Mm. I mean, I think the world would benefit if I couldn't speak. That wouldn't be the worst thing. And I do like the idea of being able to understand all languages. Mm-hmm. Um... But then if I couldn't communicate, like I would, I guess you could play music or do something else to express yourself. I don't want to have sticky hands all the time. I'm going to go with, I, yeah, 
<laughs> I'm going to go with understand everyone but can't communicate. Because, and if if you are now listening to the 85th hour of me talking with steve and are and are just getting to me confessing that the world would be better <laughs> without my input, I'm, I apologize. Uh, I think I would probably, maybe these would-you-rathers aren't so good. Because... Because we're agreeing now two two weeks in a row, at minimum. Uh, but I think I'd probably go. I'd go with understanding language as well. Uh, you could figure out some way to express yourself. Uh, at the very least, if somebody is talking, you can nod and shake your head, like yes to that idea, no to that idea, or shrug. Hmm, I don't know. Oh, There's so there, you yeah, so you could, so you, you could. Have, you have a body. You just can't <laughs> converse. Yeah. No, it's I'm going to take I'm going to take yeah. that one. Okay. Yeah, I think I would too. Um so, well, I'll try harder next week. Uh, well, oh. here's here are two ideas. Here are two ideas. I think sometimes so the thing about a, a, a good would you rather is balance, right? So, like they have to be equally terrible or equally good. And that's challenging. It's way more challenging than you think. And usually a would you rather is inspired by like one idea like, oh, would you rather drink six gallons of hot dog water like that? OK, <laughs> I like that idea so much. But what yes. am I going to pair it? No, with? don't even no need to go further. That's a definite. <laughs> no. Yes, I'll go for the hot dog water. <laughs> um, so we could mix and match past would you rather. The other thing is, I think maybe we should do. I wonder uh, if people listening. E, uh, put it in the sh- um, comment on the post on the Cycling Independent. If you would like us to do, if you would pay for a 200 page uh, tome of Would You Rathers by us, <laughs> chime in there because that might be a project. Have we done Would You Rather since the very, very first episode? Uh, I don't think so, but pretty close. We've got a bunch, we have a bunch in reserve. I think we could pull together 200 would you rathers pretty that'd, quickly. That'd be fun. I love them. I think I think they're really funny. And I don't really go for the like the double good ones cuz like would you rather have 10 million dollars or run in this really fast. And so or 12 and like, million dollars. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. I like to, I like I like both of those ideas. And it's not like you're giving you're not well you're sort of giving one thing up, but I feel like that the the I don't know whatever the kind of the bummer ones sort of resonate with me a little more loudly. I, well, I think there's got to be I like a would you rather where you have some skin in the game where you're like, "Oh, you're it's sort of like damage control or I don't I don't yeah, accrual of benefits isn't that interesting. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, uh, like I said, we got, we got, now we have, uh, whatever, 10 more, nine more to go that I've come up with and they're awesome. you know, all equally terrible. So anyway, uh, thanks for listening to revolting. Uh, it's over now. So go hug someone. Uh, I think that's the best directive for all of us on behalf of cycling independent and the revolting podcast. I'm Steve. Yeah. Yeah.